Seven FM, Arizona's Sports Station. It's Arizona Sports Saturday. Hour number two, live from the Auction Community Studios. Mitch Vareldis, Steve Zinsmeister, Trevor Henry behind the glass. And now we head out to, I don't know what Zooey's at today, but the one he's always at on Saturdays. Tyler Drake, he's our Arizona Cardinals insider here with us at ArizonaSports.com. Tyler, what was the best animal you saw today? Oh, man, it had to be the tiger. It was, uh, it was up and about. Got to swim in, you know, Got uh, was smelling around. So, yeah, definitely the Tiger today. It was, uh, it was up and at him, and we were up and at him. We were, at, we were out there right when it opened. So, yeah, I'm good actually, time. I'm actually jealous. I can't remember the last time I saw, an like, an active Tiger when I last went to a zoo. It's always, like, sleeping or it's inside or somewhere else. I never get to actually see it. Well, yeah, yeah. I think that was the thing, too, is to, because last night it rained. So it was nice and humid and, and not in probably about 78 when we got there. So, really about the nicest you could ask for right now. And, and you could tell, like, he was really feeling it. So it was a good good time, good time. We spent, we spent a while there. Brady was a big fan. We're trying to install an ISDN line for you at the zoo. We're, gonna, we're working on that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I need, I need the, uh, inside, the inside scoop so I can go pet a tiger. <laughs> hey, Ty, uh, leading into week one, I've said that this is probably the most injured Cardinals team I've ever seen, especially when you consider the fact that most of these starters didn't play in the preseason. Have you ever seen an injury report going into week one that's so littered with guys? No, I think you could probably look at it and say, is this week 10? Because that's really what it looks like to me. I mean, it's just what I think there was 11 guys on there for the week. So just uh, really, really crazy, especially given the fact that Cliff made it a point to really not play any of these starters, any of these key contributors. And, and now it's like, hey, J.J. Watt might not play. Trayvon Mullen, who they traded for, isn't going to play. Cody uh, Ford isn't going to play. Like, it's just there's just so many, so many question marks with this team is just they're never going to get answered I feel like at this point do you think that's been a backfire for them not playing in the preseason at all I think there's I think there's some things you can say I think you can I think you can correlate a couple things to it but I also understand where Cliff is coming from because here's the thing you don't want to go out there and have the guy like I mean Zach Wilson let's take him for example I mean the Jets aren't going to have him for a little bit and and he went out there and had a non-contact injury and luckily it's not as bad as everybody thought but that's kind of the the other side of the the coin that you have to really deal with. It's like, yeah, sure, you can say it's camp marshmallow, you can say it's camp soft, whatever you want to say, but at the end of the day, when you look on the other side, it's like, well, at least we have guys healthy. But now, <laughs> they really don't. They still have these injuries of like a, a random J.J. Watt calf issue. And it sounds like calf injuries, calf issues are the biggest, you know, issue for this team right now. <laughs> We're talking to Tyler Drake. He's our Cardinals insider at ArizonaSports.com. Uh, Ty, Rondale Moore suffered an injury this week at practice. He's not going to play. Andy Isabella gets, I, w- I would think Andy Isabella is going to get that opportunity that he's been looking for to play at least a little bit. And then the Cardinals make a move today with a practice squad player. Can you tell us how they're going to fill this void both on the roster and on the field? Yeah, yeah, I would say it's going to be a lot of uh, Greg Dortch and Andy Isabella. Those are the two guys. I mean, they had the preseason, they were preseason standouts for a reason, and now it's, uh, let's see if they can translate it over to the regular season. They have, they have a golden opportunity to really cement themselves in this offense right away. I mean, Andy Isabella came out that last preseason game. We all heard that interview where he said, they gave up on me. They, you know, I want to go play. I want to be able to play. If it's not here, it's somewhere else. So here you go. Put your money where your mouth is. Like, this is exactly what it is. Andy Isabella, you've got your time to shine. Let's see it. And outside of that, you know, Andre Pacelli, maybe, uh, you know, he, he could probably get some run too, just because 
I see this offense needing a lot of wide receivers to get this to get this done if they really want to win this game. Tyler Drake, he's our Arizona Cardinals insider for ArizonaSports.com, joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Ty, looking at this defense of court, I saw the story that you put out there that they cannot be afraid. That Vance Joseph said you cannot be afraid of the boogeyman that is Patrick Mahomes. But given that the defense is a lot younger, a lot weaker in key areas, what is the most likely outcome that the defense is going to see when Patrick Mahomes steps on the field on Sunday? I mean, until we see this defense really show us what it can do, it's 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 rough. I mean, plain and simple. I mean, we really it's it's the NFL isn't about talk; it's about what you see on the field. And until we really see this defense come together as a unit on the field, I mean, it's it's a huge question mark. Plain and simple. I mean, the cornerback room is thin. They've had the worst amount of luck there. I mean, Trayvon Mullen's the latest injury that's really hindered this room. And it's just it's it's going to be something that you've really got to watch. You got to hope that Marcus Golden can really push off that toe, and and hopefully he's full full go for this game. Because if you don't get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, I'm sorry, nobody's going to beat that team. Like plain and simple, if you can't put pressure on the quarterback of one of the best quarterbacks in the league, probably in the history of the NFL, you're not going to win the game. So it's really going to come down to can this pass rush do enough? Can these rookies? Can Dennis Gardeck? Can Victor Dimakaji do enough to really put pressure on Patrick Mahomes? And just a quick follow-up to that, because you saw in the injury report that Byron Murphy did not practice yesterday due to an illness. Did you get any additional clarity on that from Cliff Kingsbury yesterday? No, no. So we, we the thing is, yeah, we didn't really – he was one of those guys that we kind of just didn't really see up. I, I mean, yeah, we didn't really ask about it. So uh, it, it's one of those random, like, here we go again. It's. I mean, I think we can say that for the whole offseason. Here we go again for this Cardinal secondary. <laughs> Seriously. Just, one thing after another. It's it's terrible. You know, Jeff Gladney's tragic passing, Marco Wilson's regression, Antonio Hamilton's freak accident, and now you've got Trayvon Mullen getting hurt, who they just traded for, and now you've got Byron Murphy with an illness out of nowhere. So it's just they're, they're held together by sticks and bubblegum right now, and, and you just pray that they can figure it out for 60 minutes, or for, yeah, for a whole game. So Antonio Hamilton spilled cooking oil on his feet. Marcus Golden dropped a dumbbell on his toe. What's the weirdest way you've ever injured yourself? <laughs> the weirdest way I've ever injured myself. I would have to say I was riding my bike down the uh, driveway, and my buddy out of nowhere decides to take the off-road route, hits me directly square on the bike. I oh, fall down, no. and, I, and I break my arm right away. Wow. But the funniest thing is, but the funniest thing is, is I didn't realize I broke my arm. So I went with like another week and a half with a broken arm trying to do all the normal things that a kid would do at like second grade. So I'm out there running. I'm out there grabbing monkey bars and like, oh, wow, my arm hurts. And eventually it was like, oh, no, your arm's broken. So (laughs) I would have to say that it was like a self and like my buddy just ran rammed into me. And still to this day, he still says like, I didn't do that, man. I never did that. So by far, like, shout out to Alex Huff. He broke my arm for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out? I'd be so mad. I'd be like, nope, not shouting that guy out. Um, You know, I I thought the Marcus Golden injury was was pretty freaky, but then I realized that one of our coworkers also dropped a dumbbell on her toe this week, and I was like, two in one week. What are the odds? the same school. I know. They're like the same person. (laughs) Shout out. (laughs) Tyler Drake, he covers the Cardinals for us at Arizona sports.com joining us here on the Arizona Sports Saturday show. I want to ask you about this 
idea that Isaiah Simmons is going to be an X factor. There was a writer nationally that picked Isaiah Simmons as the X factor. I think a lot of us here agree that he's an X factor, mostly because we don't know where he's going to be on the field the majority of the time. Just a base prediction. Where do you see Isaiah Simmons lining up the most on Sunday? I mean, I think he's going to be on the inside. I think he's going to be inside linebacker, but I think that's where he's going to start. And from there, he's going to turn into a pass rusher. He's going to turn into a guy that's going to run into coverage. Like, this is his time. I mean, I think, like you said, everybody out here is assuming that this is his time, and it really is. I mean, that was the guy we did the roundtable. That was the one guy I said, like, this is his time to shine. He, not only is he stepping up from last year, he's got the green dot. Going to be able to relay all the relay all the defenses or the defense and just plain and simple. I mean, this guy has the intangible to be that guy, that to be that kind of like Micah Parsons, to be that Jalen Ramsey, which kind of not really is the greatest right now, but maybe more so Michael Micah Parsons. But uh, I would say, you know, it's really his time to shine. He's got to step up. He is really the catalyst to make this defense go. I think there's so many question marks that he can answer just from his ability to be on the field. I mean, he's going to be on the field at all times. That's a reason why he's got the mic in his helmet. And I think moving forward, I mean, it's just, he had what, 105 tackles last season. I think seven pass defense. He had an interception. Like that should be the floor for him this year. You and on top of that, he should be able to take over that leadership role even more. You mentioned it in passing, but because I wanted to ask you about the Rams' performance on Thursday, I want to jump to that now. It, obviously, the Cardinals themselves can't look ahead two extra weeks into this Rams matchup that they have at home three weeks from now, but it was a Rams team that looked kind of vulnerable if I was to make a week one overreaction. Does that give you a little more hope looking ahead at the reigning Super Bowl champs' matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think it does. I think you have to look at it. I know everybody, you can't put too much stock into it, but at the same time, I mean, Allen Robinson was targeted, what, maybe two times that whole game, and that was a shock to me alone. Like, I thought Allen Robinson was going to go out there and just explode, and instead it was like third-string guy. So I would say, you know, there's definitely a window there. It's it's a lot more open than I would say at the beginning of the season. I thought, I mean, the Rams won the Super Bowl. Plain and simple, that's the team to beat this year. If you want to win the division, go through the Rams. But... I think after that first week, there's there's a lot of vulnerabilities that I think not a lot of us expected. I mean, you can tell they're missing Vaughn Miller defensively, and, and I think on the offensive side, it's just they've got to figure out how to use Allen Robinson. I mean, the Cam Akers thing is bizarre, too. Daryl Henderson took basically every snap in the run game. So right. uh, that those are some things that we're going to have to watch. I mean, if Cam Akers isn't going to be that guy, I mean, that's definitely a huge shot for them. And then moving forward, I mean, if Allen Robinson can't get into this uh, – can't get into the passing game. I mean, that he's so good, man. I swear. I, I thought the Cardinals should have got him this offseason. So he's got the ability. He can do it with guys that aren't really that competent as quarterbacks. And now he's not really showing it with Stafford. I mean, it's one game. But, yeah, I would say th- there's definitely a window there more than, more than I thought uh, entering the season. Tyler Drake, Cardinals insider. Leave us with a prediction for Cardinals versus Chiefs. Oh, why are you going to make me do that? It doesn't have to be the score. If you want to do a player <laughs> performance, you can do that. I want to score. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's say Isaiah Simmons shows us that he can be that uh, that catalyst on the defense, but I still think Kansas City comes out just because cornerback room is too thin, and I don't think Isaiah Simmons can play every single position at the same time. So. What? Give me the uh, give me the Chiefs by seven points, but it's going to be very very high scoring. Because I mean, let's let's be honest, Chiefs defense is very suspect too. They've got three rookies that are planning to start, so I would say I mean, 
I think the 53, 54 total points is low. I think it's going to be in the 60s for total points scored. So that's uh, that's my answer right there. Tyler, as always, thanks so much. When we call you next week, we want an animal fact about a tiger, okay? Animal fact? Dang. Okay, hey, hey, I got, got you. I'll, I'll prepare. figure it out. You've got a week to prepare. I, I'm counting on you, all right? Okay, just the tiger? You want more? <laughs> you can pick whatever you want. I was, he does his homework. <laughs> crap. Tyler, thanks as always. Talk to you next week. Arizona Sports goes local. It's Arizona Sports Saturday, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. It's Arizona Sports Saturday. Steve Zinsmeister, Mitch Vareldis with you. Listen, I'm not telling you to change the channel. I'm not telling you to turn us off. But there's a really good game going on between Texas and Alabama right now. And Alabama just fumbled with under four minutes to play. And looks like Texas got the football. So... Some good stuff happening in college football Saturday. 17-16 Alabama in that one. It's close, man. And it's in Texas. It looks like they just got the ball. Wow. This is going to be a crazy finish. And how would that shake up the college football landscape? If Texas wins, they're unranked right now. Alabama, I'm guessing, would still be a top seven or eight team in 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 the entire country. Oh, sure. Texas probably bumps up into the top 15, maybe even top 10 with a win over Alabama. Who did they beat last week? Did they have a big game last week? I don't remember who Texas played I last week. I can't remember either. But, but of uh, course, they've got a win, you know. So we'll see what Steve Star- Steve Sarkeesian How about that? Sarkeesian facing his former mentor in Nick Saban. Some great storylines yeah, in that game. I think game. Nick Saban's faced quite a few form- former men- or former uh, coaches of his, though. Well, and and then Quinn Ewers, the quarterback at at UT, has an incredible first quarter, over 120-something passing yards, gets injured. The backup Hudson Card comes into the game. If he's able to win this game and clinch it, be insane. holy cow, is that a college football game? So So anyway, that's going on right now. Texas driving, but we'll see what they put together. Something remarkable happening tomorrow is Zach Allen and his scoreless inning streak. He's at 41 and a third innings with no runs given up. I think he, I want you to think about that for a second. How difficult it is just to have no runs in a start. Because he's done it in like, what is it, six or seven straight starts. Yeah. That's unheard of. He's currently, I believe, the eighth longest streak in MLB history. And if he goes one inning scoreless tomorrow in Colorado, he will top Brandon Webb's all-time record in a Diamondbacks uniform. (laughs) That is remarkable. Zach Gallen's not the flashiest pitcher. He's not Jacob deGrom throwing 100 miles an hour with ease or 95-mile-an-hour sliders. He's not that guy. But he's going to beat you with finesse. He knows how to sequence pitches. He just gets dudes out. Zach Gallon is remarkable. And remember, too, remember when he started his career in Miami and then the second half in Arizona where he had uh, the record, the MLB record for most starts to start a career with three or less earned runs. He's incredible. He's only been a starting pitcher in Arizona for two years. He's only got two years of service time right now. And he's already one of the best. He might be one of the best in Diamondbacks history when we're all said and done. We had that conversation earlier about where does he rank right now? I have him fifth. If he keeps at this pace, where does he rank five years from now? Where does he rank ten years from now? Okay, so he's a free agent, I believe, in 2026. Now, obviously, they could sign him before that. They could sign him around that time. So Mm -hmm. it could be longer. It could be shorter. 
Uh, but let's say, let's look back at this after 2026 season. That's four more seasons, right? Uh, 23, 24, 25, 26. Yeah, so four more Sounds seasons. right, yeah. I think he's above Zach Granke at that point, who I have as the fourth best pitcher in Diamondbacks history. I think he's probably above Brandon Webb, especially if he gets this scoreless inning streak mm-hmm. record tomorrow. Uh, I think that you could probably, by that time, he'll have accrued enough time in a Diamondbacks uniform to compete with the Kurt Schillings of the world for possible number two of all time. I doubt that he will ever eclipse Randy Johnson. Four straight Cy Young Awards. Yeah, that's hard to do. The most intimidating pitcher in MLB history. Could he eclipse Schilling, though? It's possible. Schilling did have two, I think it was two second-place finishes in the Cy Young, and he lost them to Randy Johnson. Yeah, that's tough to do. So I I know that Schilling's not a beloved person anymore, uh, but he was certainly a beloved pitcher. And I think that there's a chance with longevity, Zach Gallon could become one of the greatest starting pitchers in Diamondbacks history. He's already fifth on my mind. So I wanted to look back at the starts. So it started with Cleveland back on August 2nd. He allowed three runs in that start, but that okay. was where the scoreless inning streak started, was against the Guardians. Then he had seven against Pittsburgh, seven against Colorado in Colorado. So he's back there again, try to do it again. Seven and a third against the Giants at Oracle Park. This was his masterful performance where he had 12 Ks and he only allowed four hits. Six innings on the road against Kansas City. Seven innings at home against Philly. There's a wild card team. And then seven innings at home against Milwaukee. Another wild card team. These aren't like slouch opponents that he's doing this against either. Oh, no. These are talented lineups on a day-in, day-out basis that are really, quite frankly, getting worked by Zach Gallen right now. Yeah, and that adds to the resume, right? Like, if he had been just been doing this against the Marlins every week or right. you know something like that, then if he was we'd look back at it and be like, okay, time, yeah, exactly. He was supposed to do that. But it's, it's the eighth longest streak of all time. Right. Like, this isn't just like, oh, he's going to set the Diamondbacks record, but, you know, it's still really meaningless. No, I mean, the record is Oral Hershiser, what is it, 59? 59. 59 innings. He's at 41 and a third. He's not that far. He's about three starts away from that. The conversation's there. It's still a tough hill to climb. You and I figured out if it's about 18 innings, that's three six-inning starts. Roughly, yeah. Can he do that against three more opponents for at least six innings? Like, can he get Colorado scoreless for six innings tonight? Then he's on his way. I think he can. I don't think Colorado's the most intimidating lineup to face, although you're well, in Colorado and we know what the ball does in Colorado. CJ Crone just hit one 504 feet last night. Yes, uh, I think CJ Crone is a great offensive player, but aside from that, I don't think that their offense is all that impressive. In the first inning, it, so let's start here. He needs one inning scoreless to break Brandon Webb's record, right? That first inning, who's Colorado going to throw out there? Charlie Blackman will probably lead off. If, I, if I'm basing it off of last night's lineup, which will probably be different because Bumgarner's throwing today. That's fair, but let's at least look at it. Last night, their top three was Ryan McMahon, who led off the inning with a home run, <laughs> Jonathan Daza, Oops. and CJ Crone. That's the top three. Crone's the one I'm worried about. Crone is the one I'm worried about. He is offense personified. Doesn't do a lot he's of had else. a good year. He's been slumping this past month, but he's had a good year. I was also looking at this. Zach Gallen exiting the Cleveland Guardians game had a 3-3-1 ERA. Heading into this start tomorrow, it's a 2-4-2. Interesting. He's dropped a full run off of his ERA. Yeah, he's got a legitimate shot at the Cy Young. 
weird to say it, but it's Which true. Which is a real it, bummer because the thing that Sandy should have the edge over to begin with, Sandy Alcantara, the Marlins, yeah. he's been pitching this way all year. Right. Zach Gallen has been doing this respectfully for a good chunk of the year, but really for a month. Yeah, and Which Sa- has kind of overinflated his stats to look a lot nicer. Sandy's got at least, I think it's 40 or maybe even 50 inning advantage. Like, he's pitched a lot more. Yeah. And I know he's pitching for a Miami Marlins team, but this is an in- individual award. It's not a team award. Yes. So, yes. what are we really talking about? Zach Gallen's in the conversation. I think he's probably second or third on that list. Max Freed for the Braves looks really good, too. And he's got very similar numbers to Zach Gallen. So, I think that's going to make it a little bit more difficult. But mm-hmm. if Gallon goes out there and he goes scoreless against Colorado tomorrow, and let's say he adds six more scoreless innings to his resume, now he's got the franchise record. Now he's now you're within striking distance of Oral Hershiser. I don't think he needs to break Hershiser's record to be considered the Cy Young winner, but I think it would definitely, definitely help. Okay, really quickly, two things. Alab- or Alabama, Texas... Going Texas, on right now. Texas just kicked a field goal to take a two-point lead. 1917. There's a minute and 29 seconds left. It is not over by no. any means. No, no, no. Alabama has one timeout. One timeout. Two-point lead for Texas. Alabama's going to get the football. Bryce Young, a real opportunity. How about this? To do something here. The kicker for Texas, his last name? Auburn. Really? That's interesting. It's kind of funny. Kind of a nice little jab at Alabama. That was a great kick, by the way. And I owe Diamondbacks fans this. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'm sorry for getting your hopes up last week, (sighs) making you think that this team had a legitimate shot of making a run at that final wild card spot to be the sixth seed of the National League. Because since the All-Star break... This is courtesy of D-Back Stats Info, at D-Back Stats Info on Twitter. The Diamondbacks are 25-20, and 20, which is good. But they've blown the nine save chances. They've given up the game-winning run four times with two outs in the ninth inning or later. They have eight losses by starters. Four of them have been Madison Bumgarner, and four of them have been Tommy Henry. They have 12 games that have been lost by relievers. And only two relievers on the active roster have an ERA that is below four. I'm sorry for getting your hopes up. I'm sorry for making you think that this team was better than it looks on paper. But my God, that bullpen is atrocious. (laughs) That bullpen is terrible. I was going to say, Caleb Smith should go from closer to closer to being DFA'd. I'm sorry. I'll never do this to you again. Trev, you know the difference between me and Mitch? What is it? The difference between me and Mitch is that he apologizes for his bad takes. I would have fully blamed the bullpen and said I was right. Yeah, you wouldn't have said I'm sorry. No, I I would have blamed the bullpen from the start. But you have to play nine (laughs) innings, and apparently the Diamondbacks can't do that. No. Not even their offense can play nine innings. You trusted the bullpen. That was your biggest mistake. They had a 5 nothing lead against the Padres that one game, and they lost 6-5. to You know what? I appreciate your And it is not just Ian Kennedy's fault. I appreciate your apology, Mitch. I'm glad you do. Do the Diamondbacks fans? I I doubt it. Coming up next, the Arizona Cardinals going into week one. And they're already down 11 men. What? That's next on Arizona Sports Saturday. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Arizona Sports Saturday.
Thanks for checking out Arizona Sports Saturday. Steve Zinsmeister and Mitch Varellis with you. It is a wild week two in college football oh, right here now. Comes the kicker. Happening right now in Austin, Texas. A 19 to 17 lead for the Longhorns. And with 15 seconds left, the Alabama kicker is lining up for the field goal that would keep Alabama at the top of college football. And it looks like a timeout was called by Texas because nobody was moving. He did, you know, like the practice kick. They get yes. like a kickoff and so he doesn't really count. One. He made that one, which means he's going to miss the actual one, right? Earlier in the game, it wasn't the Alabama kicker. It was the UT kicker. Botched one as, about as bad as I've seen. Burt Auburn, by the way. Yeah, what their kicker's name, name is Auburn. That's a great name. Dude. Burt Auburn. They've got some awesome names in Texas. Seriously. Quinn Ewers. Hudson Card has been the backup quarterback today, had to come in and, and fill in for Quinn Ewers. This has been a crazy game. And think about the implications of this for a second. If Alabama loses this game to an unranked Texas team, all of a sudden Texas jumps up into the top 15 and expectations go through the roof yep. for Steve Sarkeesian. And everybody will be like, Texas is back! And Alabama probably drops, I don't know, like 7th or 8th. So there's a lot riding on this kick that they're about to do from 33 yards. Oh, man, here it comes. Here's the snap, the ball, the kick is up, and it is true. Oh, man. Perfect kick. Alabama has a 2019 lead with 10 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Holy smokes. There's not a better college football game than this. <laughs> I mean, this is as good as it gets. I tell you what, I'm a little intrigued by ASU Oklahoma State a little later today. Maybe, yeah, but not maybe like this. Ari no, no, no. Maybe Arizona <laughs> Mississippi State, but like... Man, Alabama and Texas has put on a show. I think the sure. other thing, too, is that the country realizes how big of a program Texas is. And they've been out of that limelight since. I mean, when was the last time that Texas was really great? It was when Colt McCoy was at Texas. It's probably the last time they were really great. The only time I remember a great Texas team was Vince Young's Texas team and Mac Brown. Colt deserves a little bit of credit. Colt was the winningest quarterback in college football history mm -hmm. at the time that he got out of the uh, that he went to the league. So, I mean, if you want a local tie, there it is. It's Colt McCoy. I mean, Texas hasn't been that great since then, and they have a real opportunity today. It looks like, I don't know, man, 10 seconds. That's I don't know how you score in 10 seconds. It's a little insurmountable. We'll keep our eyes on it when it goes final, but uh, there's another football Ooh. team that we got to check on, and this one, they're in bad shape, right, Cliff Kingsbury? Yeah, you, you try to establish some backup plans with, hey, if this guy can't go, um, this guy will be taking that play. If that guy can't go, he'll be taking that play, and so you, you prepare for those emergency s scenarios, and uh, like I said, skill-wise, we feel like we have some good depth there that guys can step in and uh, and play, and, and same with on defense. Cornerback, um, we've talked about it, the depth there is, is a bit scary going into week one against this team particularly, but um, you know we, we feel like some other positions we have good depth and guys that can step up and contribute at a high level. I'm just going to read the full Cardinals injury report because outside of the All right, I'll statuses, see you next week then. All right, yeah. Because <laughs> it's going to take you a while. Rondale Moore, wide receiver, out. Hamstring. Cody Ford, out. Ankle. Marcus Golden, went from DNP to limited to full. He's going to play. Rodney Hudson, just had a non-injury day on Wednesday. That's it. Trayvon Mullen, out. Toe. J.J. Watt, questionable. Calf. Aaron Brewer, ankle. He's good to go. Zach Ertz, calf. Questionable. Byron Murphy, illness. Friday, questionable. Justin Pugh, limited all week. Neck injury, questionable. Zeke Turner, full on Friday. He's good to go. Jonathan Ward, full on Friday. He's good to go. There is almost no position group that is Oh, wow, isn't you came impacted. back really fast. 
What? You oh, said you sorry. were going <laughs> I decided to come back. Uh, there's almost no position group that is immune to whatever it is that's going through the locker room except right for, now. Well, I was going to say except for quarterback, and I forgot Colt, Colt McCoy. McCoy was placed on IR earlier I know this he's, week. He's the backup, so in theory you don't necessarily need that. But, I mean, I don't know, dude. This is this is wild how many injuries there are on this. I've never seen an injury report like this going into week one, in particular with the guys who were starters who didn't play in the preseason. Now, there's a lot of starting caliber players on this. Rondale Moore, starter, out. Cody Ford, I thought was going to be a starter, although the depth chart that they put out has him as backup swing guard, so mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know that he's necessarily I a would starter. Say, I would say potential starter. Trayvon Mullen with the Antonio Hamilton injury, I mean, he probably Likely would have number been two. a starter. Yeah. Even J.J. Watts, Marcus Golden, Murphy, Watt. Justin Pugh, those yeah. are all starters. They're all questionable. Yeah. Oh, did you look at the Chiefs? I mean, I saw the injury report. It's uh, basically Frank Clark illness. He was, he was limited likely. Friday, and that's it. Yeah. There's literally zero game statuses for any of the players that were listed due to injuries for this week. So a fully stocked and healthy Kansas City Chiefs team versus a limping to the starting line Arizona Cardinals. And can we agree that we already had low expectations for the Cardinals in this game in particular? It's the Chiefs. I think most people had the Chiefs in this game. I mean, it's it's the offense. It's the Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes factor. I, I, you and I talked to Chiefs legend Tim Grunhard on uh, Labor Day. We were on in the afternoon, and we kind of asked him about, you know, there's a lacking of weapons when you compare this Chiefs team to their past iterations. You know, there is no more Tyreek Hill. Nope. I, I don't feel that their running back room is particularly strong at times. I, is I don't Travis think, Kelsey even going to be the same guy this year? I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, at least he's still there. I, I don't know what you're getting out of Juju Smith-Schuster. I, I understand a lot of people thinking he's going to have a big year because mm-hmm. anybody playing with Patrick Mahomes. But this is still a potent offense. It's not like they're going to go from one of the best to one of the worst. So, yeah, this is a bad game to be matching up with not a lot of cornerback depth. In fact, you already didn't have cornerback depth. Then you had a freak cooking injury mixed with Trayvon Mullen appears to still be injured from last season, or I don't know if this is new or what. J.J. Watt? I mean, he he played seven games last season, and I gave him the benefit of the doubt. You know, like, you know what? This happens. You get injured. He gets but is J.J. Watt going to miss a bunch of games this season, too? I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. He could still play in this game on Sunday. And I'm sure, knowing J.J. Watt and the person that he is, the player that he is, he wants to be out there. But you know what this is? This is very much frustrating. Even if you go back to like the middle of the offseason when the Cardinals traded for Hollywood Brown, and you're thinking, all right, awesome, this wide receiver group, Kyler Murray, they're all going to be great next year. And then you realize they only traded for Brown because they were going to be down Hopkins for six weeks. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, please, please, why? And you fast forward to now and you see all these injuries and you understand that you're going to be playing a Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs with a, from for on paper and for my money, a far inferior defense than the team that, and group of guys that you had last year. How am I supposed to be excited for this season? Especially coming off the fact that they won one game down the stretch and that was against the Bears, which you should have won. I mean, think about the teams they lost to down the stretch. They lost to the Lions on the road. They lost to the Seahawks at home with a chance to clinch the division. They looked like ragdolls against the L.A. Rams in the wildcard round. I don't have a good taste in my mouth, and it's starting to already turn more sour than it was 
during this tumultuous offseason. Just think about this for a second. Quarterback, your backup is on IR. Yep. You're impacted by injury. Running back, Jonathan Ward listed as full t- participant on Friday. I think he's going to play. So the running back room, fairly unscathed, but still one guy on the injury report. Uh, wide receiver, Rondale Moore's out. Obviously, Hopkins is out. That room is impacted. Tight end, we talked about Zach Ertz, impacted. Offensive line, Pew, Ford, Hudson still listed as needed rest. That's He's going to play. That's I think Justin Murray is on IR, too. Every room on the offense is impacted. Defensively, corner, we've talked about ad nauseum. Linebacker, uh, the pass rush, the defensive line, um, literally every position except for safety. Safety appears to be the only position group that I can find on the entire roster that is not impacted by injury right now. Karma cap. Hopefully that doesn't happen or get impacted. I know we didn't paint a great picture here for everybody, but coming up next, we're going to try to give you our best predictions for what's going to happen in that game between the Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs. Will it be ugly? That's next on Arizona Sports Saturday. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. It's Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch Ferreldis, Steve Zinsmeister, Trevor Henry behind the glass, closing out this final segment of Arizona Sports Saturday. A down-to-the-wire thriller in Austin, Texas. The Longhorns are not back, ladies and gentlemen. But the Alabama Crimson Tide rolls on. 20-19, to 19, the final. I was kind of rooting for chaos. I was kind of rooting for the for the Longhorns to win this one, upset the number one team in the country in their home stadium. Right. That would have been great. It would have been a good... It would have symbolized the University of Texas program is back in college football. I think that makes... College football is better when all of the big programs are good. When Florida was good. When yes. UT was good. When USC was good. Well, like, that's not... how we remember college football is in eras. Right. USC won't be far removed much longer. I, I mean, I think a lot of people agree with you on that. I would agree that UT is probably working their way in. I mean, don't you think, even though they lost this game by, what was it, one point, don't you think that they probably worked their way into the top 20? Look, if they want to be taken more seriously, they got to continue to win after this. Like, you lose in that heartbreaker to Alabama, if if you really want to be taken seriously as UT, you gotta you got to pummel your opponents for the rest of the way. Will they be top 20 next in this next coming poll? I think they probably should be. I say no. They should be right there. I say no to 20. Right, right I, at, they're right at 25. I think, yeah. Right at 25. I'm with okay. Trevor on that. Somewhere in that 21 to 25. I'm putting them in the top 20. They just took the best team in the country and has been the number one team in the country for the last, what is it, 10 years? That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. I mean, they just took them down to the wire. They were winning that game, a lot of the game. A lot of it. But, UT should be a top 20 but team. But you've still got to win. And I think that that's how the voters are going to look at it. Is if you played that well, you've st- still, excuse me, got to play the final few seconds of that quarter. Granted, they were a knee to the ground away from winning that game, in my opinion. They brought a corner blitz. But then they did the nothing to stop missed. it. They did nothing else to stop it. He missed. Can you believe that? All right, so before we close things out. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, One last sorry. question. Okay. Where does Alabama rank in the next poll? One. They'll still be one. They're still number one? Who does Georgia have this week? I don't know who Georgia plays. I still think you have to be one because, let's be real, on the outside, if you did not watch this game, 
and you just saw 20 to 19. Okay, they were supposed to win. Best team in the country. And then you look a little deeper and you realize it was a comeback win. Then I think you're going to give Alabama the edge still. Georgia plays Samford. No, they'll be one. But but remember, in week one, Georgia played Oregon, the number 11 team in the country right now, and they beat them 49 to 3. Georgia is dominant, number one. Alabama, I mean, granted, this is a tough opponent, clearly, right? Texas? Mm -hmm. But they barely won. It was on the road. It's on the road, too. Yeah, that's a good point. I still think Alabama remains number one. I don't think a win over Samford is going to change the voters' minds. You know what? I'll settle this. Let's just move Ohio State to one. Okay? Let's just do it. Leave Michigan to two. Okay. I'll let you have two. As long as Ohio State's one, I'll let you have two. Where's, That's the, fine. where's ASU in this conversation? Uh, 117, somewhere in that range. I'm just kidding. All right. They rolled in week one. So before we get out of here, it's actually a busy, a busy day for the stations today. You've got ASU football at Oklahoma State. That'll be on ESPN 620. Huge game for the Sun Devils. Absolutely. Kickoff is at 4.30 and pregame coverage is going to start at 2 o'clock with the Sun Devil Radio Network. That'll be again on ESPN 620 and 98.7 FM HD 2. Later tonight on this station at 4.30, Diamondbacks baseball coverage starts. First pitch is at 5.10. Madison Bumgarner is on the bump for the Snakes at the Rockies. Again, that one will be here on 98.7 FM. And then later tonight at 8, Mississippi State is in Tucson taking on the Wildcats, who had a fantastic win against San Diego State last week. Again, 8 p.m. kick. It's a pretty good evening for Valley sports fans. Yeah, this is going to be a big one for sure. And again, I'm just going to zone in on ASU for a second. They're playing Oklahoma State, who's the number 11 team. I mentioned Oregon earlier. They were 11 last week. This week, it's uh, Oklahoma State. This is an opportunity for Herm and the Sun Devils to prove that what happened last week against NAU was not just because you had an inferior opponent. Right. That you can go out there and actually prove yourselves against a really established team. And by the way, if you look at the Big 12 and what they have left, I know that the Longhorns and the Sooners are leaving for the SEC in the near future, but I know they're kind of intact now. But the Big 12 really belongs to OK State after those two are gone. Yeah. This is probably the biggest program football-wise, in the Big 12 that's left over. So really big opportunity tonight for the Sun Devils. And then, of course, on Sunday, tomorrow, on these airwaves, I believe it's a 130 kick or 125 kick, the Arizona Cardinals start their season against the Kansas City Chiefs. And right now is where Steve and I give you our... I was going to say bold, but I think... I've got a couple that are bold and a couple okay. that are... We'll give you our bold and nah. then italic predictions. You want to call them italic predictions as opposed to bold? Sure, I'm good with that. Okay. You want to start with a bold or an italic prediction? Uh, Bold. All right, hit me. All right, I think this is bold. J.J. Watt will play. He's questionable. I think he's going to play, and I think he's going to have a sack against Patrick Mahomes. I like that. I think I don't know how bold that is, but I think it's a little bold because he's listed on the injury report. He missed a lot of time last season, and uh, I think this is a really, really interesting matchup against a great offense. I don't have a lot of confidence in the Cardinals' defense, but I think that J.J. Watt's going to really bring it this Sunday, assuming that he plays, and I guess that's the bold part of my prediction. I think that despite how weak both of the cornerback rooms are for both of these teams— that both quarterbacks will throw at least one interception. Is that bold or is that mm, italic? I don't know if it's bold, especially for how much the Chiefs throw. 
it's I wouldn't say it's bold, but I, it's a prediction. I'll give you that. <laughs> Doing my best over here. With how much they throw, I, I think this might be even a little bit more uh, bold. I'm going to say that by the end of this game, most Arizona Cardinals fans are going to know who Christian Matthew is. Okay. I think that that's a player who's going to have an opportunity, assuming that the cornerback depth is as bad as we all as it appears. I think that he's going to have a real chance to inspire in this game. And it's against a really, really good opponent and a really, really good quarterback. Christian Matthew, if he has an impressive game, a lot of people are going to be knowing who that is. I, right now, I don't think they do. But a week from now, maybe they do. I predict one of these two teams is going to lead... By double digits at halftime. Care to share which one? I said one of these two. (laughs) 50-50 shot. So here's here's the reasoning why I'm leaving it up to interpretation. Remember how we were feeling about the Cardinals against Tennessee last year? We were thinking, oh man, that Tennessee Titans team is a juggernaut. Derrick Henry is going to run all over them. Brian Tannehill will get crazy with A.J. Brown and the Cardinals defense. It doesn't look very strong. It looks kind of weak, etc., etc. Malcolm Butler, blah, blah, blah. And they just absolutely pummeled them. They pounced on them. They were up 10 nothing before you could blink. I think it was actually 14 nothing, if I remember correctly. The situation's different, obviously, because you're severely bruised and battered at several key positions. But I don't think it's necessarily impossible to rule out Kyler Murray in this Cardinals offense. I think at least one of these two teams will be up by double digits plus at halftime. Here's another one for me. I think A.J. Green will have the most targets in this game. Maybe not the most catches. I think he'll have the most targets in this game. I think that they're going to, the Chiefs are going to spend a lot of time trying to guard Marquise Brown. A lot of people are interested to see that connection again. People haven't seen Kyler and Hollywood Brown together since college at Oklahoma. So I think that there's going to be a lot of attention paid to that, and that's going to open up opportunity for A.J. Green. Now, there's no Rondell Moore. So whoever fills that gap, I I would expect Andy Isabella is going to get some opportunity. Greg Dortch is probably going to get some opportunity. Andre Bocelli was brought up from the practice squad and given a two-year contract, which is a little <laughs> unusual for a practice squad guy. Right. I think that A.J. Green has a real chance to shine for not just week one, but at least the first six weeks when DeAndre Hopkins is out. Most targets. That's all I'm saying. The game's leading rusher is going to be Kyler Murray. Okay. I like that one. I do. He's weak at offensive line. We know this is a quarterback that will often need to improvise. And I don't think it's completely out of the possibility that they're going to want to throw a bit more because of how weak the Chiefs secondary is in comparison to their defensive front seven. But I think at the same time, if you're down pew and you're down Ford, there's going to be some leakage on the line, especially with Chris Jones in the middle. And Kyler Murray's going to have to run a lot more. And I think he'll be the games, not the teams, the games leading rusher. I'll tell you what, too. I, for the long-term outlook of the running back room, they kept five guys. Teams that have workhorse running backs don't usually do that. No. So I'm not saying that James Conner's in for a bad season, but I don't think he'll be the workhorse that everyone expected him to be. I still think he'll get a touchdown, though. You know, goal line touchdown, that seems to be where they put in best. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us this weekend on a college football Saturday. Some dramatics going down in Austin, Texas. How fun was that? 
Unfortunately, Alabama took the win. For Mitch Bareilles, for Trevor Henry behind the glass, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. You've been listening to Arizona Sports Saturday here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.